Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and happy May to you. This is Benjamin Boyce, and you have joined me for another episode of my series on gender, sexuality, and transition. And this guest is the first of his kind, being the first detransitioned male that I have interviewed, or I guess a couple of uh, the guests that I have on before have gone in and out of transition. But this man uh, went to a certain degree down the transition path and then has reverted back to his natal sex and his natal identity. This man's name is Chris, and Chris delves into his life, uh, really opens up to me and and ergo to you about mental health issues and about uh, physiological issues and the ways in which hormone replacement therapy changed his mind and changed his personality and gave him insights into himself and why it was that he decided not to you know, continue down that path. Chris's story, like many people who have joined me in this interview series, actually showcases that this topic is not one about ideology and about opinion. This topic uh, about transition, about gender, and about identity is actually about human beings and the various ways in which we strive to become ourselves and strive to make our lives the best that they can possibly be. And insofar as that is what this is actually about, I hope it is a reservoir for wisdom and introspection. But be that as it may, let's just get on with the show. Here is Chris. So I'm 31. So I I grew up before the Tumblr era and, you know, a lot of that. And I didn't transition until I was 29. Um, I, okay. I, I grew up in a rather dysfunctional home, and I'll leave it at that. It wasn't the most functional of, of, life, of homes that I grew up in, but, um, you know, I had, a, I had, I had loving parents, and I had a loving siblings, and, um, I grew up not really struggling to identify as other boys um, my age. I remember begging my mom to put me in martial arts and in Boy Scouts and, (laughs) you know, all those kinds of things growing up because I wanted, because I had this strong longing to fit in. Um... (laughs) And I, I, I never really, I wasn't, I was by no means feminine. Um, even as a trans woman, I wasn't very feminine. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of, I was kind of a, 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 I would consider butch tomboy trans woman. Um, but I, I struggled with my body growing up. I struggled with puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I started puberty at a really early age, at around twelve, eleven, twelve. Like okay. when I was twelve years old, I remember 
my mom. Um, I actually had a mustache when I was 12 years old, a solid mustache when I was 12 years old. Okay. So I, I, I remember my mom coming in and giving me a, a Lady Remington with Lady scratched out and stud put on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my first razor. My, huh. my mom was a character. I got a, She got a kick out of that. Hmm. And um, I was really teased with how I started puberty because I was also held back a year because I had undiagnosed autism. Okay. Which which wasn't really something commonly diagnosed in the 90s. Um, I, I think as uh, it was, 90s was kind of, unless you had, like, really severe autism. So I went undiagnosed, and I was held back in second grade. So when I started puberty at 12, which is around the time most kid boys do, I got teased for it. Um, and I, I did, I was really tall, like I'm, I'm six foot one and, um, I was a really lanky kid until, uh, I was like eight, eight, 17, 18. And that's when I started really building up. So I became very, um, very mindful of my body very self-conscious of my body yeah and could you describe um your uh autism a bit would it affect your reading ability or your social uh, ability um it affected my so it definitely affected my social ability um because i didn't i wasn't really told about social cues um I have a hard time with humor sometimes. Like, I have high function autism. So, okay. But like with certain things, like like humor, I don't get. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, I so like understanding social situations. Like I'm very hypersensitive to social situations and i can misread body language and i'll panic and get upset because i'll think that i do something wrong okay so you're at once hyper sensitive and hyper aware but unable to uh i guess translate the information that you're getting so i guess it sounds like you uh err on the side of you're being wrong somehow yeah Hmm. yeah and other issues is that um like i was i was very um quiet i was very quiet and i had very and i only had a few friends growing up and i struggled with friends because it was so hard for me to relate with other boys i actually always found it easier to relate with women mm-hmm. because i grew up with around women okay so i i as much as I wanted to be one of those boys, it was just easier for me to socialize and be friends with women uh, or other girls my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, in college, I, t- I was taking care of my parents, uh, one of my parents, and I was going to college and... Um, I got my my so my a lot of my time was focused around college and taking my care of my carrots, but I did squeeze in some socializing 
Um, I didn't really get out onto my own until I was 26. Until you were 26. Until I was 26. So I didn't really have, and that was when my parents, my my mom died at, when I was 26 and into 2015. And okay. my dad died a year later from multiple sclerosis. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't really have a sense of self until I was 26. Um, hmm. My my sense of self was kind of defined by what my parents yeah. wanted me to be as, and at no fault on them. On them, they they brought me up, and you know they they wanted they felt like they were doing their best, but I didn't really get a sense of self until then. So. Did you have uh, siblings? I did. I do. I have a sister. And okay. she works in a professional setting. And for that reason, I'm trying to be very vague about our upbringing. Because yeah. I want to yeah. respect her privacy. Um, but so, you were you were the primary caregiver for your parents in their last no, years? No. Actually, my sister was. Until... Okay. Um, uh, we, we, I didn't have much con. My, my, my father was estranged. Uh, my sister took basically took care of my mom until she went off to college, and then I took care of her. And then we kind of trade shifts where I would hmm. take care of my mom during the week. Then my sister would come home for a week or two, or for a week, and I'd take care of my mom. Hmm. Um, during that time, I, I failed to mention that. I have a history struggling with um, mental health problems. Um, I have bipolar type one, and that and in the 2000s that was really diagnosed. For they didn't hmm. diagnose teenagers with bipolar during that time. They 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 were like, we don't want to. We don't think teenagers can have bipolar at 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 15. Well, oh, okay. I did. So I was Could really you- struggling. Would you be comfortable yeah. describing how that manifests for you? Is that a, um, it's, a management of emotions, or it's it's my moods? Um, yeah, I can describe it. My moods um, they fluctuate. They're like a roller coaster. I have hmm. bipolar type one, so um, right now with the medications I'm on, I'm stable. I'm fine. Um, but in the past, my moods could fluctuate where I would be in, I would go into a manic episode and then I would, my moods would crash and then I'd mm. go into a depression episode and then I'd be uh, fine for two weeks. Um, it can get really chaotic when it's like that. Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine. So, um... And it's the medication like, helps. Were you also? Are you also equipped with um, psychological tools that help you, or uh, like management? Yes, yes. Um, I've learned a lot, um, but like my my depression is it's it, and this is where we start getting into, into the, the trans the the HRT area. Because I transitioned because after I had been in a I, I transitioned at twenty nine. Hmm. 
in uh, around October, September, October, which whichever, after um, being in a depression for 12 months. Um, I had been in that depression because wow. I was not able to work because uh, I had a brain injury back in 2016. I had a steel pipe that fell on my head. Oh, jeez. And um, it also caused me a neck problem. So I had frequent problems with migraines and I had to just stop working. Um, and mm-hmm. work kind of provides a stability. You know how it is. Work provides stability. It provides a sense of something to do and something to focus on. And without me not being able to do that, and I was just focused on pain, my pain. Mm. And I used to be a very active, physically active person in the past, in my in my 20s. Um, I was very athletic. I did Muay Thai. I did some weightlifting. Um, I ran barefoot, <laughs> which... <laughs> By the way, not good for your feet. Don't, okay. Don't, it's it's not healthy for your feet. Or at least don't run on asphalt like I did. Very okay. bad for your feet. Let's get that <laughs> out there then. <laughs> yes, let's get that out there. Um, because my feet constantly hurt now because I used to do that. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I wasn't able to do all that after my brain injury and it kind of just I gained a lot of weight I ended up being over 300 pounds okay I went from 260 to 300 pounds and I was too when I was 260 I was pretty I was very very muscular so a lot of it was muscle but mm-hmm. I gained like 50 60 pounds on not being able to work on uh, and I just, I just fell into a depression. Also, at the time, for some reason, we don't. I've, I've talked to my doctor. For some reason, my testosterone levels really dropped during that time. Like uh, when I talked to my doctor a couple of weeks ago, because I was because I was checking my testosterone levels after getting off of estrogen. She was like, "Yeah, it was around like 158." I was like. Okay, so it led me to believe that I would have testosterone issues now, but I don't have that. My my range is like 350 now, so like, okay, that's weird. But what's the, could could you give us the marker of what would be quote unquote normal, like a typical uh, testosterone level for a male? So I may have been rambling. Hmm. So normal testosterone levels for men or trans men um, is around like 300 to a thousand oh okay yeah it's a wide range there's there's a wide range and testosterone tends to be a lot more stable than estrogen uh like for normal cis men let's just i'm using cis because it's a useful term here Okay. Uh, it it could it's it stays around to like Seven eight, it can be up to nine hundred. I think at one point my levels were like at nine hundred. Okay. I don't know, but that's what I remember being told. Um, and, and estrogen fluctuates according to the menstrual cycle. Estrogen fluctuates, yeah, uh, depending on menstrual cycle and what have you. Yeah. Uh, testosterone, slow, testosterone levels slowly decline as you get older. Yeah. So you're at peak levels. 
in your uh, in your um, in your twenties, and it steadily declines over time. Okay. And and so uh, in the midst of your depression, so you you got an injury, you were out of work, and uh, you were depressed. What were you doing with your time during that period? I, well, you know, the funny thing is, is that I also had to work. I was basically living off of a work comp payout. Um, I I got a pretty large settlement from it. And Hmm. um, because brain injuries, it work comp is, and is absolutely dreadful to go through and get but I fi- it took me about two years to get it. But I finally got a payout. So I was living on that. And I was kind of doing whatever with it. Um, but I wasn't really doing anything with myself. I was just like, I don't know, doing nothing. I wasn't being productive. Were you on the internet? Were you just watching TV, video I games? Was, playing video games yeah. i started a few projects i was actually trying to build a for some reason this may have been related to one of my manic episodes or may not so i can't always tell because hmm. because sometimes i will be interested i will hyper focus on something yeah. and then other times it could be because i went into a manic episode so hmm. i uh i actually have this computer in my apartment where I was building for a retro for an old style Windows XP machine to play older games. Okay. I was doing projects like that, but because I love working on computers, I build computers. It's it's a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I really didn't have any focus because I couldn't work and yeah. I couldn't volunteer. So you know. I I eventually I remember stumbling onto I started hearing about people being trans a year ago uh, around that time and um when you were 26 27 when I was 26 yeah when I was 25 26 I started hearing about trans people um when I was and I'm kind of I'm sorry I'm bouncing around a lot No that's fine um, when I was 25, 26, I started, I came out as gay. Okay. Um, and, you know, then, because I, I had really struggled, one of the things that I should mention is, also mentioned is that I really struggled with my sexuality and mm-hmm. my gender my entire life. Um, and I struggled with whether I was attracted to women or whether I was not. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I tried dating some women, and it 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 I don't know it it never worked out. But you know, um, and I I came out as gay at twenty five, then dated a guy, didn't work out. Then the following year, I dated a woman. So then I was like, okay, I'm bisexual, hmm. and you know. I went through all these different labels, um, and labels kind of, kind of became. Were they a helpful? Trap. No, they were a trap. Um, hmm. They they were. They were me trying to box myself in, 
And that's kind of what happened when I transitioned. So I transitioned at 29 years. This is this is I'm bouncing around between years, and I'm, I apologize. No, I think uh, this is pretty a fairly clear picture, despite the I, jumping around. Okay, so I transitioned at tw- on uh, on October of 2018, and I I started. I heard somebody state that I knew. I knew the mother of someone that I'd grown up with, and this kid grew up to transition. And so I remember one of my insomnia episodes because I have pro- major problems with insomnia. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I just started thinking, and I started being like, you know, I never really thought I was trans, and uh, I was a man. So I I decided to. I decided, well, I guess I'm not a man. And from there on, I started to go down the road of saying I non-binary came out to my to my siblings as non-binary. And then I came out to my friends as non-binary. And then over time, I was like, oh, I'm a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And I found it at first being trans very exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a certain level of exciting transitioning because suddenly i felt i didn't feel like i was trapped i was trapped or like i was constrained by how i dress and how i appear okay um there's like a certain there was a liberation for me Mm -hmm. to transition um i remember going to a tea group but with my uh, my local trans group had a tea group and I went to it, and I was given information about local informed consent. And I was like, well, don't I need to go to a therapist to, you know, get HRT? And like, no, you just you just go make an appointment and go. And that's hmm. that's what I – and after that, uh, a week – a few days later, I called um, the clinic and – like yeah, you you want to come in? We could talk, and I went in on in November, and I talked to the doctor. The doctor asked me some questions. The doctor asked me about my dysphoria, um, and I told her because I truly believed I was trans, and she was like, "I believe you, and we can make an appointment to start transition to start HRT." Okay, I. Uh, I tried to hold off getting on HRT, but my but during that time I had gone back to college um, for network administration, and I found what I perceived my dysphoria to be to to be debilitating. Hmm. Um, Could you describe so, that uh, how your dysphoria interrupted or broke up your day or? Interrupted your I had to... I had a problems with my body, um, and were you constantly um, aware of it, or was yeah, there constant yeah, like, disharmony? Like, I had trouble with facial hair, um, okay. with having facial hair because I I grow pretty thick facial hair uh, with like art with how with just how thick my body hair was, hmm. and uh, it drove me crazy, <laughs> and it. it it was like at my at the time I saw it as as unfeminine because I believed I was feminine, and um, 
I I I I truly believed that I should have a female. I should have had a female body at the time. Hmm. Um. So I. It got so bad that I ended up going into a crisis center um, in October, in around November of 2018, and um, staying there for problems with suicidal ideation. Okay. So after I got out of that, um, they gave me some information, some some trans information, some trans group information. And after that, I was truly convinced that I needed to go on HRT. So I went on HRT in December. And what was the uh, what was the feeling of that drug in your system or the the hormone replacement? Uh, estrogen. Therapy? Oh boy, estrogen is is such an interesting feeling. Um, it was like. It, it didn't affect me physically, but I felt it very mentally. Hmm. And uh, it was like suddenly my emotions were heightened. Um, I felt more emotional. Um, things tasted differently. Huh. Um, really? Yeah, I, my taste really changed when I was on estrogen. Like, I, I stopped... I stopped craving meat. I actually went veget- vegetarian when I was trans okay. because I didn't crave meat. Um, huh. And you know, how, how did that inter- interact with what you were talking about earlier about your um, your autism and reading people? Were you able to be more uh, susceptible to people's cues? Did that emotionality uh, translate into a different kind of social way of plugging into people? Yeah, because I I learned to, I became more empathetic. I became more, I engaged with people more. I just learned to listen to people more. Hmm. Um, I also, I had a heightened, I, I grew to have a heightened level of emotions. So I really, so whereas before, I, I, I always felt kind of my sense of, of, feeling of other people's emotions was dull i truly felt other people emotions hmm. and in that way i was able to engage with them more and be far more sympathetic and far more empathetic with them hmm. um and when your emotions also, were heightened were was it your anger as well as your despair your your mania as well as your depression those were all ang- heightened too? my anger actually so one of the issues that I've had now that I'm detransitioning is that my anger is coming back. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it seems to be a problem that runs in my family where all the men in my family have a habit of of slamming their fists on table and breaking the table as long as their fists. I happen to have not broken broke my fist, but I've nearly broken my fist doing that. Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, but estrogen, when when you say that your emotions were heightened, your anger wasn't one of the emotions that was. No, heightened. my emotions actually, my anger decreased. I became okay. a lot calmer, a lot more relaxed individual. What I felt instead was like I was a lot more moody. Hmm. Um, 
I was a lot, I I would cry at the drop of a hat. Um, yeah. Like I could just I would just cry over. Uh, I like I remember I remember one of the weirdest things was crying out of joy <laughs> because that's that's not something a guy normally experiences. Mm. Crying for most guys is usually associated is usually associated with like sadness, but for me, I experienced crying from joy and crying out of anger, mm. and it's it's such a it's such a weird feeling first time around yeah yeah it's another puberty it's a whole new realm of life to map mm-hmm. um, and how far did you socially transition uh i your... I, I fully socially transitioned i started okay. wearing women's clothing i had grown i was grow, i grew out my hair the longest my hair went down to was around my shoulders um, I got new glasses, those glasses mm-hmm. that I have on my picture, um, and um, I I never was able to do laser hair removal. I was never able to do any facial feminization or um, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I um, I kind of just you know I, I I was basically just on HRT. And okay. I socially transitioned. Um, it was, but it was, it felt enough for me for a while, um, mm-hmm. until I started like, there's there's a certain pressure with the in the trans community. There isn't really a pressure, but like, there's a feeling of goals. Like each step in your transition is a goal, hmm. and I I started out not wanting any surgeries, but by the end I was willing to get a surgery because I was looking into an orchiectomy, and hmm. um, I I I kept pushing it off, and I'm glad I did, <laughs> because hmm. had I gotten the orchiectomy, I would have I would have to take pharmaceutical testosterone for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, and what was the uh, what was the kind of the peak or the turning point? Uh, uh, the turning point was that estrogen um, caused serious mental instability for me. Okay, um, I was also dealing with some. I had I had also been having problems with my drugs. Um, I was in February of 2018. I had to get off of of an old antipsychotic that I'd been on for a long time, mm-hmm. and excuse me, um, I had, had because my pharmacy, my insurance would no longer cover it, and then I had to um, go on something else, which I ended up developing a, a severe allergic reaction to, mm-hmm. um, and. I they were they were scared that I develop a a life threatening skin condition, so okay. I had to get off of that. So they put me on something else, and this drug um, caused further instability. So what happened is is that estrogen proved to make me very unstable mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going into, and that's that's something you'll find when you talk to a lot of detrans men. Is that 
estrogen doesn't so much affect you physically like testosterone does, but it will really mess with you mentally. Hmm. Um, in my case, I my moods were really unstable. My emotions were fluctuating all over the place. Um, I ended up going into the a mental into the mental hospital three times, hmm. and uh, and this isn't just estrogen. I want to make it clear: this is not just estrogen. This is a combination of this and other factors, okay. and. Um, I ended up going to hospital three times, and then I ended up in a crisis center about four times. Um, it also, I had I had started off at two milligrams for estrogen, but it went up to, but then I slowly increased it up to four, six milligrams, and six milligrams is about the max that they'll uh, mm-hmm. prescribe you. I was also um, on an anti-androgens because. When you're tra- when you're transitioning to female, um, you have to be on an anti-androgen to suppress your testosterone levels. Um, mm. The 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 initial drug spirolactone um, proved to be too effective at suppressing my my testosterone levels. And what do you mean too effective? Like it as just in, cut it, them off as it as it it dropped my testosterone levels way too low. Okay, and uh, do you know or could you explain why you don't want super low testosterone? Does that negatively impact functionality? Testosterone is needed for certain functions of the body. It's produced by the adrenal glands in your body. It's it's important for your body, and um, it's actually used for like being it for mineral for your body body's ability to build muscles and such. Um, I found that my na- one of the things that I remember is that my nails were so soft that they were cracking, and oh, that wow. was from yeah, that was because I had such high estrogen levels. I also had no strength in my arms; like I lost about thirty pounds of muscle on estrogen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was. I went from being really strong to really weak Hmm. um i used to be able like i used to be able to lift uh 110 pound toilets multiple times (laughs) easily and then i went to being able being barely able to lift a stack of plates yeah um so that was annoying uh what happened was that in February, um, I switched to. I was also I was also dealing with migraines. I switched to um, uh, to injection, estrogen injections, intramuscular injections, where you take the where you 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 take a needle and you inject yourself like testosterone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I started having, and it was in it because I wanted it to be more effective, and it proved to be very effective at feminizing me. Mm. Um, and also, my estrogen levels also skyrocketed, although I wasn't mm. getting tested at the time. And I started having very serious issues with migraines. Um, it started making my brain injury much worse. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I I was I was also on a different anti-androgen finesse stride, um, which because I did because balding runs in my family, and I was super obsessed about keeping my hair, okay. hairline, um, and that was causing me to have issues with vertigo and such. So what what happened was was that my health my health steadily declined over time, mm-hmm. and it ended up with me needing um, and along with my mental health, I nearly ended uh, had things continued I would have ended up in a group home and with a lot of nursing help because I remember. The day before I the day before I transitioned, I remember just sitting in a shower chair because a friend had given me a shower and just having a huge breakdown because mm-hmm. my future just looked really bleak. Yeah. Um, and it was at that point that I realized I uh, I needed to change things. So the following day, I swore because I had tried to detransition before in November, but I wasn't mentally in the November of 2019 but I was mentally stable so I um, I detransitioned I started by just socially detransitioning I I didn't want to do anything permanently I pulled my hair back uh, put it on putting it out and I just brought work some male clothing that I had that my sister had brought me how did and that help to socially detransition first? It was it was actually really easy um, to social detransition because I did not pass. Um, being a trans woman is is br- being a non-gender being a non-passing trans woman is brutal. Hmm. Um. One of the reasons why I have such health issues is mental health problems was because I was constantly harassed. I was constantly threatened. I couldn't walk okay. down the street without somebody yelling a slur at me. Okay. Um, and I just generally grew. I had been threatened a couple times with physical violence. And hmm. when I transitioned back to male, it was almost easy too easy because it just meant that i did not have to prepare myself like i did before i just had to put on some clothing tie my hair back and stop shaving my face every single day that was one thing i hated i hated shave i had to shave my face every single day because of my facial hair because i would grow a thick beard um estrogen did actually um cause the hair on my cheeks and neck to to white and the, my oh. beard soften up. Yeah, it, it could do that. It could soften up your beard, but it won't let it go. It won't go away. Yeah, okay. You have to have you have to have laser hair or preferably electrolysis for the go for it to go away. And I'm glad he didn't do that. Hmm. Um, so it was it socially trans- detransitioning was easy, but getting off of estrogen was really hard. In what way? Um, it's 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 like getting off of it's like getting off of any medications, but like ten times worse. 
Um, your body is is literally your body adjusts to the hormone levels, and your body becomes used to it. Mm-hmm. And when you you can't just go cold turkey on horm on any hormones, mm. um, you have to taper off and you have to do it slowly. And I did do it slowly, but I finally just got tired of tapering off, and I just wanted to get off of the medication because I was so sick and tired of being on estrogen. I was actually starting to have some form of reverse dysphoria, I guess, because I recognized that my dysphoria was a bunch of other things. My my issues with masculinity, my issues with my body, um, stuff like that. And it wasn't particularly because of... Uh, being being identifying as a woman, so I started having problems with like lack of not being able to grow facial hair, um, not having arm hair, not having leg hair, and stuff like that. And um, so I just wanted to get off of it as fast as possible. <laughs> so I I kind of I kind of dropped it a little too quickly. I I stopped taking it after four weeks. And the first month, April was, April was really hard. Uh, I've been uh, I've been detransitioned for like two months now, okay. and April was really hard um, because I experienced problems with low testosterone and low estrogen, <laughs> and what that manifested as was um, hot flashes, <laughs> body aches, um, like my joints. All my joints were just. Uh, felt like they were on fire like i had been walking for like on my feet for 12 hours a day all week and i was exhausted and i was just really weak and it it took like it's taken a month for my body to get back up to a sufficient level where you Um, can be physically active or where you're not where i can be well well i could be more physically active um one of the things I'm dealing with now is that I cannot go back to being active to the way I used to be in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was I was really hard on my body in my 20s due to my mental health. Um, and uh, like like not, not so much drugs or any of that, but more like physically hard on my body. Um, and I have, I've developed osteoarthritis in my lip, my right knee, hip and D hmm. and, um, so I, I'm, I'm going to go back to work, but I've decided that it would probably be best to like work at home hmm. and, and set up a work area at home to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, have you? Did you have a general practitioner or some sort of central doctor that was keeping tabs of all this medication and taking keeping tabs of your mental health? And yes, would you yes. wanted that? And how- so I did. Um, I, I I was uh, I was in. I have a psychologist and I had a general and I had a practitioner that I was talking to. I have a ther- I have a psychologist, a therapist, and I had my um, the practitioner at the women's health center that was working with me on my, um, hormones and HRT. Okay. She was, she was wonderful and I don't have anything grudge against her. Um, she, she listened to me and she worked with me. So, 
So you were, it sounds like you were in charge of this entire process then. And it was you yeah, that got yeah. on and you that stopped. Yeah, it. it was, it was all me. I mean, I don't have, I wasn't pushed by anybody to transition. Uh, I wasn't told to transition. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I, I guess I got into the online stuff quite a bit, but this was all on me. Uh, I didn't. You know, I'm not like a lot of. I wasn't like a lot of people who transition at an early age. I wasn't really influenced by my peers. It was just mm. me thinking that me believe, believe truly believing that I was trans because I had all these issues. Mm. Um, and and what I wish I had worked on was I wish I had worked on my my I, I continued to work on my problems with my self identity. My identity, um, my issues with eating. Um, I actually have some problems with an eating disorder in my 20s um, mm. that became binge eating disorder, and that I also had problems with restrictive eating. So I mm. wish I had worked on that. But transitioning kind of became this um, way of of escaping from my problems and becoming somebody else. So I went from Chris to Lauren and, um, Lauren was somebody I could be completely away from and be a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've decided ultimately I've decided that, um, to go back to my birth name, and uh, because that's who I am, and I'm okay with being Chris. Hmm. So, and in interacting with the detransition, desisting community, specifically the males, um, how did you get involved in that? And what um, are some of the- I got involved. So when I first detransitioned, I got involved with uh, on the Reddit forum. I'd already known about the detransform, detrans Reddit. And I started talking to people, and I remember when I first had my breakdown, I got I got some replies from a lot of detrans men mm. saying the same, saying their story. Um, it it you know their narrative is is very different from, I mean it has similar similarities, but it's very different from. Um, detrans women and Mm -hmm. so i i went into some groups some mixed groups on discord to talk to other detrans people but i really wanted was to be in a group with other detrans men so that we can share our stories because it's it's just uh uh, the uh, transitioning from male to female is just a different experience from transitioning female to male. And mm. that's not saying any lesser or we experience any different hardships. It's just, or any worse hardships. It's just different. Mm. Um, so I was part of a temporary group of, uh, there was initially one detrans man group, um, discord that I was part of. And it was really nice. It was really sweet to talk to other detrans men. But that Discord died, so I mm. created my own, and I talked to um, a bunch of uh, of detransitioners and a couple of de sisters. Um, I did talk to some people who 
some minors who had detransitioned at at a younger age, usually around 16, 17, hmm. and um, were experiencing problems with that. And the overall feeling from people who transitioned at that young of an age, detransitioned at that age, is just a very nihilistic view. Hmm. And, you know... It's like, and I, I don't want this to be politicized or anything. I don't want it to sound like, oh, hey, uh, all people are going to detransition at that age. But it, it was just really sad. And, um, Hmm. but the, the, the overall feeling that I got from a lot of men is that they are embarrassed that they identified as a woman, Hmm. and that you know they they kind of just want to go back to living as a male and not have that no <laughs> yeah put it behind them put them put it behind them um and it's like well you know and also there's also the issue with um group and counseling for men where it's just not as common for Detrans men or not as common for men. There are not a lot of, as much. There's not as much mental health support for men. Um, <laughs> and you know, like it's like it's like my problems with my eating. It's, it's like my problems with my eating disorder. It kind of went undiagnosed and untreated because I was a guy, <laughs> and because nobody saw that as a problem. <laughs> And it, it's not anybody's fault. It's just problems with men tend to just go under the radar. Probably so, for a variety of factors. I'm sure men keep their problems to themselves and people yeah. overlook them too. <laughs> yeah, that tends to, that's one of the reasons. Uh, we're, we're told at a young age to just tough it out and to man up. Um, and that it's all just kind of a mental thing, and you should refocus your re- re- refocus how you see things. And it's like, but these are legitimate issues. <laughs> hmm. So, have you have you felt? Um, what are some of the benefits of being involved in a detrans community? And uh, do you think that that's uh, something central that you're going to need some form of group therapy or um, cohort? I'm starting. You see, I, my detransition. You see, I was lucky with my detransition. Um, I did not uh, do any surgeries. I did not do any laser hair removal or any of that. I. My Detran, I'm expect. I'm basically going to be able to go back to living a whole full, normal life, and mm-hmm. I'm lucky for that. Um, it, that picture of me is actually a picture of me after my detransition, three weeks later after my detransition. So you know, I look like a guy. No one will tell that can tell that I was detra- that I was a trans trans woman at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking to um, support other trans men and to yeah. kind of make a call out to other trans men to de-trans men and say, hey, you're not alone out here. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been following the Peak Resistance Project and it's very fascinating. Hmm. And, um, you know, 
it, it's very admirable that these young women are getting together and they're supporting and they're kind of making a support for mm-hmm. other D-trans women. <laughs> so. And, yeah, I wonder how... Um how to reliably uh, offer that to males it's it's just it, it's a different men are different beasts you know yeah uh, yeah we especially are, socially we are. we are um uh like i don't know grab a beer and start talking about these things <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier that the uh, category of uh, i guess non-binary femininity it was a trap for you um but it seems like it was helping you how do you um how do you deal with an identity or your identity without a label? How is that? Or, or how do you conceive of yourself? So I see myself as a man. Um, it's, it's, I've accepted uh, detransitioning was me radically learning to radically accept who I am and who I've always been. And labels, and while I, I see myself as a male, as a man, I, it took me a while to be able to say, oh, I'm a man. You know, like, hmm. I, still, I still feel uncomfortable saying man, so I will probably call, tell people I'm a male because I feel it's better. Um, it's, it, it's, it's technicalities, and it's a little silly, but it mm-hmm. works for me. Mm-hmm. Um I find that labels just were a trap for me that I upset that it became an obsession. Okay. Um, I learned to, I've learned to accept that I'm a bisexual male mm-hmm. and that I'm okay. Hmm. And that dating women is, is an okay thing. You know, got guys have been doing it for thousands of years. What's wrong <laughs> with dating women? But I had a problem with that for a long time. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, what what now or what next? I guess you you reached out to me, probably prompted by wanting to share your story. Or yeah, yeah. So I wanted to share my story. Um, what next? I'm um, in the future. I want to start making videos. Hmm. Um, I have, I don't have anything up, so I'll probably post something on Did You Trans Discord, Dis- mm-hmm. D Trans, and the T Trans Discord and the Reddit. And I just want to make videos for other D-trans men, and I would like to kind of make a bit of a community for other for D-trans men because detransitioning's very, very hard mentally. It's very taxing on your body, and both mm. mentally and physically. So, um, yeah, and f- from what I've heard from the D-trans females, is that there a, a large portion of their transition was community involvement. So mm-hmm. having that suddenly gone or having to switch communities is is a whole big other stressor. Yeah, I, I've actually had to, I've actually left my um, local um, prison community. My oh, sorry, my local um, LGBT group and. Mm. Um, uh, my trans group because I just know that um, we're not going to come to agreement on everything. On everything. Mm. And while I, I I personally have a very I have a very deep I have a very I have a soft spot for trans women and trans men, but particularly trans women. Mm. Um, I they, they I there's a chance that I could anchor them with my views. Hmm. Hmm. So, 
and so that just kind of goes out. well that just kind of comes with being a detransitioner um because people um people people will will try to invalidate your transition your trans experience say that you were never really trans because you detransitioned mm-hmm. and it's like well i was trans i did identify as trans you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. well thank you so much chris that's uh I I don't mean this uh, in with any disrespect, but it sounds like you've had like a, several hard knocks in your life. Um, it sounds like you, you've you've been presented with a lot of uh, difficulty in your life. Yeah. From the sound of your voice, you sound uh, uh, positive in 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 your future orientation. Is that true? Am I? Yeah, yeah. I do have sense of future. Um, you know, I'm just I've I've, <laughs> I've kind of started enjoying things like I've grown out my beard. Mm. Um, I started I, I I learned some things from my transition. I I, I when somebody when I tell somebody about my transition, I kind of tell them, hey, it was kind of like a spiritual journey, mm. um, because there are some things that I didn't realize before. Like I really care about my IG and how I present myself, um, how I dress, those kinds of things, because that's something that was very important to me as a, when I was trans woman and as woman. And I fi- come to find out that that's very important for men. So I take care of those things. Hmm. Um, so, so it kind of, uh, in, in certain respects, it opened uh, your eyes to certain aspects of yourself that maybe you weren't paying attention to? Yeah. Or? Suppressing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I learned that to be to be a lot kinder to my body, hmm. um, to show some appreciation for my limits and to understand my limits, um, and to not keep forcing myself to do things because when I was a trans woman there were just things that I could not do. I couldn't like the simple, like simplest things like opening jars. I could not do, (laughs) (laughs) but I had to do. Hmm. Um, and like, it was so annoying that I could not open a jar by myself. Hmm. (laughs) Um, because like one of the estrogen actually affects the collagen in your, in your, um, skin and um the strength in your hands yeah. so I, I couldn't open bottles or i couldn't lift plates or anything like that so i've come to become i've grown to become very aware of my limits mm-hmm. and i want and i've just work and i'm going to work within my means in the future mm-hmm. What about your uh, your social relationships after going through a period of being on estrogen and being very empathetic and then uh, easing off of estrogen? Uh, how, how are you reassembling yourself with regards to other people? Um, socially, most, fr- pe- most of my friends are fine. Um, some people... Uh, I've lost some friends um, because... Uh, along with coming out as uh, trans, I've have accepted and come out as and I hate to use the word come out when I say views and and stuff but I've I've expressed that I am conservative and 
um, some people do uh, do not appreciate, do not like that. So I've lost some friends, uh, but you know it's. But for the most part, the my closest friends that have always been my friends are still my friends, and they accept me, even if they're like. I'm I'm concerned this is a little bit of a phase and I'm like this is this is not a phase. I this is not Chris uh Chris go coming up with another crazy idea, don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it it's not uh easy uh discovering who we are and it seems like uh some of us require uh big difficulties, big challenges to, to unlock parts of ourselves. And I think that insofar as you have, you've really earned the wisdom that has landed in your lap. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what's happened. Um, I've kind of just, I, I feel like I, my experience as a trans woman was really difficult and very hard at times, but I I feel like I grew up like five six years as a trans woman, hmm. like hmm. almost ten years, wow. just through learning what it's like to be underprivileged and hmm. um, all that to, harassment. Are you speaking all of? that harassment? Yeah, okay. And to go out every day being being scared and being fearing for my life, hmm. um, hmm. and like things just don't. Like like this being posted on YouTube, but this being uh, posted on YouTube, I was so well. You're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to develop a tough schedule if you're gonna stream or post on YouTube. And I'm like, I've dealt with worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> if I could mean, deal with mean comments, don't get under your skin. Mean comments from anonymous people. Eh. You're immune. <laughs> I'm still working on that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been our journey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for reaching out and for sharing your story. This is a very essential part of my series. uh, Just speaking selfishly for a moment. Um, It's been uh, not easy for me to find uh, detrans males that are willing to talk. So, yeah, um, it's it's uh, a lot. A lot of detrans men are 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 embarrassed about um, hmm. the transition, and I just want them to know that they shouldn't be. And hmm. most people will be like, "Yeah, that's that's cool." Hmm. So, hmm. so yeah. Congratulations for reaching the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this product, consider donating to this channel via paypal.me slash Benjamin Boyce or joining me on Patreon. Also follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Have a good night.